People, what is your craziest, most interesting, I need a favor, no questions asked story? Can I stand here and speak to you like we know each other? A girl was leaving a wedding reception alone from a cruise boat I worked on. I was on shore as passengers were leaving, and she came up and asked me this. I told her absolutely and jumped right into the role. She gave me a big hug and said how good it was to see me. Around then, I kept a smile on my face, but asked if something was wrong. As it turned out, there was another guest at the reception making her uncomfortable. She said he hadn't done anything specific, it was just a bad feeling. But she didn't want to go pointing him out or accusing him of anything. She just wanted to see him go to his car and leave before she went out to the lot. Once that happened, we chatted another few minutes before she was on her way. I cannot deny that it is good to go with your gut feeling in situations like this. If you've watched Patch Adams, you know. Like this person said, they didn't accuse this person of anything directly or even feel like they did anything specific, but, you know, your life is in your hands at the end of the day based on the decisions that you make. If you wanted to go about it that way, go ahead. Not me, but a family member. He was USAF with a number of people under his command and stationed in Nevada IIRC. In the middle of the night, one of his guys shows up on his porch, banging on his door as if his life depended on it. Sir, I done messed up. I need your help to fix it. Can you come with me? With nothing more than saying, son, whatever it is you need, we'll get you through it. He dons his dungarees and gets in the guy's car and they drive off into the dead of the night. He notices they are headed out of town into the desert in the pitch black of night. He tries to get the driver to talk and the guy just sort of breaks down. I had an argument with my woman, so I drove her out into the desert and left her there. I done messed up. They'll boot me out for sure after this. The boss is doing his best to keep the guy calm, reassuring him he's going to come out of this okay. Outwardly, he's serene, but he's getting more and more anxious by the minute. They drove further and further into the desert, finally pulling off-road. They get out and the guy goes into his trunk, hands over a flashlight and points his boss towards where he left the girl. Boss starts calling out, hoping the girl was nearby and turns to ask the airman for his girl's name. While turning, the beam of his flashlight hits the guy and all the tumblers scarily clicked into place. The airman was carrying a shovel. In the heat of an argument, the airman strangled his gal to death and drove her out into the desert in a state of panic over what he'd done. So he went to the one guy he knew could help him set things to right, his boss. His boss that somehow now found himself helping to dig a shallow grave and trying to seem supportive. After all, here he was in the desert with a killer. Nobody knew where he was and certain death awaited at the hands of this guy or those of Mother Nature, if he couldn't keep a cool head. The officer was smart about it. He convinced the airman to bury her shallow so the scavengers could come and clean up. And so the job only took a few minutes. They go back to the car and he casually manages to leave the shovel stabbed upright into the roadside to mark the location. On the drive back into the city, the airman is almost euphoric, relieved. The boss keeps reassuring him all the way back into town, just waiting to get out of the danger zone that is the desert. As they pull into the city, the boss has his airman pull into an all-night drive-in diner and then pays for burgers, fries, and shakes. When the meal's almost done, he tells the kid, You know what you've got to do, son. You know I can't do it for you. The guy kind of nods, walks over to the payphone, and calls the cops to confess. Yeah, the instant that they said, uh, left her in the desert, I was just like, oh man, she dead. I was 17 and my father and mother traveled to the countryside for their 21st wedding anniversary. A few hours after they left, I got a call from my father saying he needed me to do something for him. The serious tone he used made me say, sure, absolutely, without knowing what he was about to ask. 
He told me to go out to the front where there would be a wrapped present on the foot of the driveway. He told me not to open it, look around to see if anybody was watching, then put it in my car and drive it to a commercial waste dumpster up the road and throw it out. I then had thoughts like, is my father a drug dealer? And has he gotten himself in trouble with some gang? I asked what the hell was going on and he just reiterated that he needed me to do this for him without any questions or opening the gift. I did exactly as he asked. I picked up the gift, made sure nobody was watching, and threw it out into the appropriate dumpster. I never found out exactly what was in that box and never opened it. However, shortly after, my mother became suspicious of him having an affair. After, my father denied it, but his story unraveled over time. He was found by my mother in bed with another woman. My mom, shortly after, attempted self-deletion. They then both involved myself and my brother in painful attempts of pitting us against one parent or another. I later found out the box almost certainly just contained pictures of my father banging his mistress whom he is now married to. I don't speak to my parents much anymore and moved into state. I'm not sure if this person is English or not, based on the way they wrote mum, M-U-M, and the talk of the countryside makes me go, oh, this person's totally freaking English, but like, then they mention moving into state, and I'm like, oh, they're American? Or maybe they're an English person who lives in America. Pretty minor considering some of the other stories here, but I have one. During the Dark Knight Rises premiere, me and my friend were close to the front of the line. Our theater was the only showing for the next two hours, as the other room had broken down. The people in that line were told that if there was any room left in hours, they'd be allowed in. Slim chance to none, so we start going in, and this guy at the front of the other line looks desperate. We lock eyes, and he gives me a questioning nod. I nod back, knowing what he wants. He walks straight up to me with a big smile on his face and says, Hey man, how have you been? I respond immediately with, Max, good to see ya. Glad you could make it. I'm good, you? I have no idea if that's his name, but he looks like a Max and he rolls with it. And from there, we launch into small talk and shoulder claps as he walks in with me and my friends under the suspicious eye of the usher. As soon as we're in, he veers off and tells me he owes me one. My friends patiently wait until he's out of earshot and ask me, who the heck was that? I shrugged and said, no idea. When the movie ends and we walk out, we see each other and this time he's with a girl. He hurries over to me and says he got a date with the girl and that this is the best night ever. If I ever need anything, he's my man. Never saw him again. Max was a cool guy. I hope his date went well. Max does indeed sound like a cool guy. He deserves to be happy. And it was very nice of that guy to like, I don't know, give that guy a hand, I guess. It's it's kind of funny the things that can happen from like a telling look or something or just like a mutual understanding in a single glance. While we were hanging out, my best friend got a call from his girlfriend. Now, she hardly let him out of her sight on any given day, so having some free time to sit around, chat, and play up some games had become a vanishingly rare commodity. But now, on this particular day, she really needed him. She didn't have a car and needed him to drive her and take her somewhere right away. He went, of course. She told him she needed to go to an interview with a college she'd applied for and had forgotten about it, and she needed a ride. My friend took his girlfriend an hour away to the college, called me to chat and picked her up again a few hours later. It turned out later that she had him drive her to the campus, cheated on him with another guy at a place a few blocks away, and then had her boyfriend drive her home after she slept with this other dude. And that was the story of how my best friend realized he was in a failing relationship. No, wait, he stayed with her four more months and rented a place next door to be closer to her before she broke up with him the next day after he moved in because my friend was in love and she wasn't. That is absolute top-tier harlot behavior. I mean, using your boyfriend in as a key instrument in the process of cheating on him is downright nasty. 
Been waiting for a chance to share this one. Earlier this year at around 1am on a Wednesday morning, I get a call from a friend who lives nearby. He was in a total panic and the only words he could get out to me were, Dude, open the gate and turn off all the outside lights. Hurry! Half asleep, I ask him if this is some kind of prank, cause you know us guys, fool with each other every now and then. He responds with, Just effing do it! I decide to comply, still in my boxes, turning off the outside lights. Now, just to add some detail, my house is right next to a traffic circle, so I go outside to the gate to see what's going on, and to my amazement, my friend comes speeding the wrong way around the circle. Halfway into making the turn, he turns off all his lights, turns off the car, and rolls into my driveway through my gate at a serious speed, shouting out the window, CLOSE THE GODDAMN GATE! About five seconds later, I see a police car come speeding by, sirens and lights and everything. As I look back to his car, he emerges with a victoriously smug look on his face, shirt and pants covered in vomit, steering wheel covered in vomit, and the smell of straw rum making my eyes wide. He looked at me, I looked at him, he nodded, I nodded. He asked to use my shower and sleep over. Five weeks later, he totaled his car, drunk driving, and lost his job because he couldn't get to work anymore. Been sober ever since. And I truly believe it is honestly probably for the best that that friend stay the hell off the road. I used to work at a college and somehow was talked into becoming a sponsor of one of the local fraternities. No Greek letters attached to this frat. It was basically just a bunch of dudes who pulled their extra cash and were legit as far as the small school is concerned. After acting as an adult sponsor for about a year, hell, I was only 24 at the time, I get a late night call from one of the frat members saying, We're screwed. There is a dude in the house with a piece and he won't leave. I'm kind of drunk and don't really want to get involved. I tell him to call the cops, but he's worried because if the cops come, we will all get expelled. He was probably right. It was a small private Christian school, so I say, fine, I'll be there in 20 minutes. I walked across the apartment complex and knocked on Malcolm's door. Malcolm was a gangbanger from way back, who I can say this because I am confident in my heterosexuality is the perfect specimen of a man. Over six foot, over 200 pounds, and simply shredded with muscles. I tell him the problem and he says, cool, let's go. Ten minutes later, we walk into the party. I ask who the dude causing problems was, find out and point him out to Malcolm. Malcolm walks up to the dude and says, you need to go. Dude looks up, sees Malcolm and says, yeah, man, I was just leaving. The Fred took a collection the next day and paid Malcolm's rent for the next three months. Malcolm was a bad mother. Maybe it's because they're just good Christian boys at a small Christian school, but it's kind of lazy that they had to call a dude to get one other dude to remove another dude from their party. I don't know how many people are usually to a fraternity. Like, naturally, I don't know. I wasn't there, but the situation just seemed handleable. A friend who I hadn't heard from in a while calls me up saying he needs $200 and he'll give me $250 by the end of the week. He has his own business and owns houses, so I'm like, yeah, sure. Sure enough, at the end of the week, I get my $250. A week later, he asks for $600 and he'll give me $700 back. Seeing as he paid me back on time the first time, I'm like, sure, why not? A week goes by, no money. Three months go by, with me calling him once in a while, etc. No money, and he's not picking up anymore. So I go, screw it. I go to his place, call him from my girlfriend's cell phone, and he picks up and says, yeah. 
his home. I go to the building he owns where he used to live. He comes over all confused. I ask him for the money. He says all he can give me is 400. This avoiding bullpucky goes on for another two months. I go screw it. Go back to his place again. Says he got robbed or some bullcrap. I think he stopped the chronic and started doing the hardest stuff, to be honest. Anyways, I agree to take his spear launcher, an estimated worth of $600 as collateral for the remaining 300 and while I have not seen him in a long time, I still have the launcher. Now, it may be debatable whether or not this transaction was actually worth it. You got four to five months of uh, having to track and nag and follow up this dude for money, but in the end, you got a spear launcher, and cold hard cash is good, but a spear launcher is forever. Kind of silly, but I was at work one day, commuting from home in a New York suburb to New York City, and my dad called me. He says, I need a favor. Pick up a copy of the most recent Playboy on your way home, okay? I'll pay for it. I asked him why, and he told me that sometimes when he asked me for things, I should just frickin' do them. Not angry, we're jokers. Turns out there was an article about someone in the wine business that he wanted to read. It was just a bonus that he could confuse the hell out of me in the process. Edit. I can't find the article online, but it was during Rudy Kernuan's scandal. Check him out. It was apparently a big thing in the wine world, and my dad had done some work with him in the past. Though it would be hilarious if he just wanted the magazine, he did have a real excuse. Now, I don't know about the rest of you lot, but I truly believe that this man's father deceived him and simply wanted a sneaky peek at some Playboy bunnies. I live in a sketchy town with a lot of crime and homeless people. It's practically impossible to exit your apartment without seeing someone homeless. However, they're generally nice, and therefore I'm nice to them too. A few greet me when I walk by because I give them my leftovers sometimes. Well, one particular hobo and I are good friends. By friends, I mean we talked that one time when I was going home from a frat party and he told me I was eyed. Anyway, he saunters up to me one night when I was walking home and asked me to do him a favor. He wanted me to take another route home, but didn't explain why. Now, I typically don't follow instructions from the homeless in the middle of the night, but something in my gut told me to listen to him. Probably because for the first time since I've seen him, he looked sober. So I did. The next day, I heard by word of mouth that a woman was graped minus the G. I don't remember if it was also a murder or not on the route that I was going to take. That woman could have been me. I never saw Hobo Bro again after that. Now, there are two reasons why you may have never seen Hobo Bro again, and that's all I'm going to say on the matter. About a year ago, my roommate asked me to squeeze her boob as hard as I can. I asked her why. She told me to just do it, so I obliged her, and she just stands there with her eyes closed for five seconds and then runs out of the apartment door giggling. She denies that ever happened now. Well, I really don't know what to say, dude, except girls, women, they can be pretty weird sometimes. I thought that this was just going to lead up to her asking you to check for a cancer lump or something. When I was 14, I was spending an unproductive summer vacation day watching TV. I was alone and was somewhat annoyed to hear a desperately loud knock at my door. As I unlock the door, my best friend at the time rushes in and nearly pushes me over in the process. He was helping his grandma and attempted a skateboard home when diarrhea struck. This guy comes into my house and absolutely destroys my bathroom. It was one of the worst experiences of my life, not to mention his life. But the guy literally didn't ask, and he didn't need to do so. Human beings should let other human beings poop with impunity. Uh, unless it's dysentery or something. Now, I say, I say, I say, to poop with impunity is man's truest and greatest right. Passed down from God himself.
My friend and his wife were raging snow snorters for almost 20 years. They have both been clean for three years, and at this point, his prostate cancer has returned after being in remission for several years. He had heart surgery about three months ago. A few weeks ago, he asked me if I could do him a huge favor. I told him, of course, because he was there for me when I was completely down and out and unconditionally gave what little he had when no one else could be bothered. He said, you don't even know what I'm going to ask you yet. I told him that whatever he needed, I'd make it happen. Turns out he and his wife just wanted a ride to Hackensack, New Jersey, so he could buy her a wedding ring. They've been married over 20 years and due to their drug habit, have been repeatedly pawned and ultimately sold off their wedding rings. Now they're clean and I feel they believe he doesn't have much time left. He wants her to have her wedding ring. I drove them last week. He couldn't get his legs in the car without help. After they went in and picked out the purchased rings, he couldn't get out of the car to get lunch and pick up the rings when they were ready an hour later. It was a huge effort for him to take that ride and walk without his wheelchair. He spent all his savings on that set of rings. I took a few hours from work and we had a picnic in a park in Hackensack. It wasn't a favor or an inconvenience. I felt lucky they asked. When you're bereft of good health, it's a good thing if you have good friends to make the short time that you have as wonderful as possible. A friend asked me to store some cooking equipment and related supplies. Bowls, pans, cooking utensils, some wine, whatnot. Turns out he'd been getting some as a kind of bonus from his boss. Except his boss's boss wasn't aware of this. And then the police got involved. Felt zero guilt. Got a nice $500 bottle of wine out of it. Then my brother's alcoholic girlfriend drank it one night. Doesn't even remember it. Just wanted more stuff to get her drunk. I will never forgive her. Edit. Since this is supposed to be a no-questions-asked story, I do have to admit that I did ask one question. When he said he needed me to store these things, including wine, I have a spot, but it's not refrigerated. Is that okay? To this day, he still chuckles about how that was the only part of this favor that I was concerned about. Edit 2. I know some people are probably curious as to what exactly the deal was, so here's a more detailed explanation that I got after the fact. My friend was a chef at a high-end four-star restaurant. Now, at a place like this, they are really, really serious about both health codes and presentations, so the amount of equipment they went through monthly was pretty significant. Scratch a mixing bowl, chuck it. Dent in a saucepan, chuck it. Even the slightest blemish on something the customer would see, it's gone. A lot of this stuff wound up with the staff at their homes. That wasn't all of the stuff that wound up at their homes. But the point is more that it's not like this stuff wandering off was really eating into the bottom line. Or at least, that's what my friend and most of the rest of the staff thought. Now, on his own, he probably wouldn't have taken much of anything home past the odd dented, scratched dish and whatnot, but his boss openly encouraged staff to use the employee equipment discount for basic stuff and even the occasional bottle of wine when an employee really stepped up during a busy night or something else. The boss did the same himself, so nobody thought much of it. Flash forward a few months, and one night the boss is mysteriously absent. Eventually, they come to find he's down at the police station being interviewed on suspicion of felony theft. Everyone on staff is thinking this is a huge overreaction on some upper, upper level person's part. An attempt to scare the staff straight and kill off the employee equipment discount bonus in one go. Then they got more details. So at the time, my friend had taken a total of six of those bottles of wine and thought that was probably abusing things a bit. His boss said they can hold cases of wine. My buddy had maybe eight 
creme brulee dishes. The boss had a few dozen. Pick an example of something my friend thought was on the border, the boss had 5 to 20 times as much and that was just over the last year. So long story still long, they quickly realized that the police investigation was legitimate and they were all likely accomplices. A few people panicked and tossed all their stuff. Some, like my friend, decided to hide it until things were a bit less crazy. Importantly, nobody talked. So only the boss went down for it. Damnable, sticky-fingered gremlin boss giving me random crap and trying to take me down with him? That would suck so hard. Don't know how familiar you guys are with how underage college parties work, but when the police bust in, usually for a noise complaint, nothing happens. But my buddy was at a party at one of our more sketchy friends' houses, and the police bust in. Find Booger Sugar, and the three to four cops start trying to process and arrest the whole party. He is luckily in the back, they haven't seen him yet, so he texts me saying to come to that house in a specific spot. Turn my lights off and text him. So I do, and I watch him leap out of a second floor window and run into my car. And upon seeing the two cop cars as I drive off, I ask my first question. That being, what in the figgity yuck? He gave me a bottle of Grey Goose for my trouble. That's a pretty good friend to give you a bottle of Grey Goose for your trouble. My first question would be, where was my invitation to this party? Got a call from a friend at four in the morning one night declaring that he needed some help. We both lived in the same dorm at the time and I figured he was just trying to get in without being seen by the resident assistant drunk because we were both underage at the time. My groggy butt didn't ask any questions and went down to the side door to let him in. He wasn't there though. I looked around, called his name a couple times, smoked a cig and went back inside because it was cold as Santa's balls outside. I tried calling him again to no avail and end up going to his room to see if his roommate knew where he was. Turns out he was in there, naked, handcuffed to the bed with a gag around his neck that he spat out. I laughed so hard I woke the neighbors up. Then they laughed with me. We let him out and he proceeded to tell us this story of this fine woman getting all frisky on him and handcuffing him to a bed. Apparently she was on top and right before he got lucky she hopped off, laughed at him and told him to figure it out when he asked how he was getting out. That's when he laid there for what he said was three hours trying to get his phone from his desk at the foot of the bed to his face so he could call. Felt bad for him but never letting him live that one down. Life's a matter of perspective and I would much rather be this dude than the guy that got stranded in a desert in the dodged a bullet video I recorded. I'm just gonna say that.